Welcome to the Gigging for Gold podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Thorsvik. In today's episode titled Press for Champagne, we will explore the psychology, neuroscience, and art of creating a brand that's so easy to buy from, it's practically effortless. Whether you're a startup founder or a seasoned marketer, I've got tips and tricks to help you reduce friction and build a brand that your customers will love. So sit back, pop some champagne, and get ready to learn how to make your brand a smooth operator. Hello and welcome to the show. Today, we are discussing all the ways to make it easier for people to give you their money. Excellent topic, don't you think? I framed it under press for champagne because I think that some of these when you listen to them, you might think, well, that's common sense, Sonia. Of course, I'm going to make it as easy as possible for someone to give me money. Yet, I have seen this for the past 10 years and working with over 50 brands and hundreds of individuals on building up their own companies that I guarantee you, it's way more difficult than you think to reduce friction than it is to kind of make that happen for someone. So, Interesting title, clickbait, no, better learning, yes. Today again, we are discussing the topic of ways to create a more simple customer journey, and we're going to do that by shaking it up a bit and spraying you with feelings of winning celebration, luxury, and moments of indulgence. The inspiration for this episode comes from the Bob Bob Ricard example in the Nudge podcast. Pardon me if I'm butchering that with my American accent. They discussed how removing friction is a crucial item your company needs to be aware of. The Bob Bob Ricard website is simple and to the point. It's a restaurant and its opening is just two sentences. Here they are. The iconic Bob Bob Ricard Soho, located just off Regent Street, serves a classic British and French menu in London's most glamorous all-booth dining room. Equipped with a press for champagne button at every table, it is famous for pouring more champagne than any other restaurant in Britain. The press for champagne concept wins audiences every single time. It's because imagine you have made reservations at this beautiful restaurant and you're all dressed up and you sit down and of course it's time to decide what to drink, right? So with a press for champagne button on your table, that sounds glorious. I'm going to go there as soon as possible. No one has to ask or even decide what they want to drink. It's fun. It's novelty. It's a little naughty. It's a guilty pleasure. And everyone wants to press it. You cannot tell me that after you've got said reservation and you're all dressed up and you know this is on the table that you're not going to press it. It has since been copied, rightfully so, around the world because it works. It's memorable. It gets people talking. It gets people drinking. And it gives them an experience they will never forget. Oh, and did I mention that it was easy? Story time. So there I was, kissing cheeks on the rooftop terrace in the Hotel Hermitage Monte Carlo named the most elegant hotel in Monaco, where, once you are seated, 
a champagne cart rolls up and starts pouring you a glass of perfectly chilled bubbly by white-gloved hands, a midday indulgence on a hot, sunny afternoon. It was beautiful. If you did not want the champagne, you had to politely reject the glass. So here, they basically are auto-subscribing you to their email list, and you have to physically go in and do the work of unsubscribing. So they were making it as easy as possible for me to drink this champagne. And yes, the unspoken truth is you had to pay for it eventually, but there was no menu. You didn't have to ask. You just either take it or you don't. So as the customer sitting there, this is what my thought process could have been like if I was even deciding if I want champagne or not, let alone the entire menu of beverages, okay? So it could have gone like this. I could have, okay, um, I need to open the menu. Um, look at the prices and decide if not only do I want a glass, but how much is it? How much should I drink? Should I just get a whole bottle? Uh, do I have to discuss it with the whole table? Oh my gosh, am I being judged for day drinking? Wait, is everyone else drinking? Do I have to pair it with my meal? How's it going to taste? Do, am I even going to like it? Uh, am I going to be able to eat tomorrow because of the price and then I can't afford anything? If I let it all go to my head, am I going to even be able to find my way back through the twisty, windy, gorgeous streets of Monaco? And ooh, but ooh, maybe if I get lost, maybe some handsome Frenchman will come to my rescue. <laughs> you see how much work that is? Instead, because they just poured me a glass without asking, it went like this. As the crisp bubbles danced around the top of my coupe, I smiled to myself and thought, Dear Sonia, I have made many life and business decisions in order to get invited to Monte Carlo for just this one business lunch and... For my wise choices during said long journey, I am now being treated. Essentially, guys, I was like, I am drinking the damn champagne. Okay, <laughs> the end. Merci, au revoir. Lesson learned, the customer experience is crucial. So how do we define friction? Friction refers to any obstacle, difficulty, or resistance that makes a process more complicated, time-consuming, or frustrating than it needs to be. In the context of business and marketing, friction can occur in any part of the customer journey, from initial awareness and consideration to purchase and post-sale support. Examples of friction may include a confusing or cluttered website navigation, long checkout processes, unclear product descriptions, or even unresponsive customer service. So reducing friction is important, if not vital and critical, because it can help to improve customer experience, increase conversions, and build brand loyalty, which is what we all want. And the opposite of friction here would be simplicity. The human brain craves simplicity and champagne <laughs> because it is wired to conserve mental energy and processing resources. The brain is constantly bombarded with information from the environment 
and it has a limited capacity to process and store that information. Think about how many ads you are served up during the day that you probably don't even realize. In order to manage this information overload, the brain has developed heuristics or mental shortcuts that allow it to quickly categorize and make sense of new information. One of these heuristics is the cognitive fluency principle, which suggests that people prefer information that is easy to process and understand. When information is presented in a clear, concise, and familiar way, it requires less cognitive effort to process, which leads to more positive evaluation of the information and a greater likelihood of taking action just what we want, based on that information. In contrast, complex, unfamiliar, or ambiguous information requires more mental effort to process, which can lead to confusion, frustration, and disengagement. Of course, all of the things we don't want. So therefore, by presenting information and experiences that are simple, clear, and easy to understand, businesses just like yours and mine can reduce the cognitive load on their customers' brains, making it easy for them to engage with your brand, remember your products or services, and ultimately make a purchasing decision. Sounds pretty good to me. There are several strategies you can use to reduce friction and make it easier for someone to buy your service online. Press for champagne, people. All right, so let's go through these. So again, these are different ways that I believe, especially if you have an online brand, which I'm assuming that you do because pretty much all brands have some type of digital footprint these days. So let's talk about this from a point of view of someone coming to your website. So simplifying the purchasing process is a priority. Make sure the steps to purchase your service or product are clear and straightforward. Avoid requiring too much information from the customer and use a simple and intuitive checkout process. Just the other day, I don't see, well, I do remember what I wanted to buy, but I got served up an Instagram ad. I was like, yep, I need this thing in my life, of course. Thank you for stalking me. You know exactly what I want. (laughs) And I clicked through to the website and I kid you not, the checkout process, I spent, I put my credit card information in what, four or five times. It had to reload. It had payment options where I had to like log in into another third-party account, blah, blah, blah. I was so frustrated for two reasons. One, I truly did actually want to buy this product because I thought it would solve a problem that I have in my life. And I was frustrated because I couldn't buy it. it. They made the process so difficult. I just closed everything down. And furthermore, and this is just my experience, when I'm served up that ad again, because I will be, because they're probably great at marketing, I'm not going to buy it. I'm I'm already like, well, I can't even, I couldn't buy it the first time, so I'm not going to try to buy it the second time. So simplifying the purchasing process is vital. Along with that, we're going to provide clear pricing and packages. Clearly displaying the pricing of your services up front 
and being transparent about any additional fees or charges. If you go the route of you don't want to put prices on your website for your services because you think people are just going to price shop, that is up to you. But if you have prices on there, do not hide the additional fees or charges. You are going to essentially piss people off. Avoid surprising customers with unexpected costs, okay? People are more likely to make a purchasing decision when they understand what they're getting and how much it will cost. Pretty simple. Providing clear pricing and packages upfront can help potential customers make a decision more quickly and easily. Make sure to communicate the value of each package and what makes it unique to your service. I think I think that I do price shop around for different things and I look at different websites, but If a website makes a compelling reason why I should buy it from them, I'm much more likely to buy directly from said brand. So here you can offer multiple payment options. Even though I talked about earlier how when I tried to purchase something, they gave me the ability to log into different accounts. It's just that their backend service or their software didn't work right. So this brings me to the point of when you're offering a variety of payment options, make it easy, making it easier for them to pay you. You can do like, you know, credit cards, PayPal, um, the third party pay over time apps these days. Just please, please, please go in and try all of them yourself. As self-employed, maybe we just started doing services or products. I want you to go in and get three of your friend, friends and family members and purchase through your website, through different ones, and of course, just Venmo them back, right? But you need to make sure it works. It is your job to make the checkout process as simple as possible and make it work, okay? Here, I want you to also use clear and persuasive language. Using persuasive language in your sales copy makes it clear why your service is valuable and why the customer should buy from you. Just what we talked about. Be transparent about what they can expect from your service and how it will benefit them. So when I say someone's coming to your website and right, you've captured their attention, good job, wonderful for you, they've actually clicked through to your product or service amazing. Now you've written the sales page. You're just incredible. The list goes on and on and on. You need to make it persuasive. So I would encourage you to either take a class or something or get a copywriter to write you persuasive language because you want them to feel good. This is their journey, right? It's the customer journey. You want them to already feel good. You want them to already crave that you're about to give them the solution that they need. And then when you do make the sale, because you've made it super easy for them, you've told them why they should buy from you, you've told them the problem that you're going to solve for them, you need to provide excellent customer support. I do know for a fact that this is sometimes an afterthought for companies. And It's one of the reasons that they close. So make it easy for customers to contact you with any questions or concerns they may have about your service and your products. Respond promptly and professionally 
and maybe do it even a, like a little funny ways. I love when when uh, when brands do that and provide helpful and informative answers to their questions. This will build trust and increase the likelihood of a successful sale and holy grail, they buy from you again, repeat customers. And to make finding some of my favorite products as frictionless as possible, I have started an Amazon storefront. You can find it at amazon.com slash shop slash Sonia Thorsvik. The link is also in the show notes and in the transcribed section on the website. In my shop, I have everything from long, healthy hair products, endless summer ideas, kitchen gadgets that really do work, timeless jewelry so you can feel polished and professional, and pantry staples that help with health and wellness. I have purchased every single one of these myself, and so I felt it was time to have a storefront where you can shop as well. Welcome back. Two quotes that I think are good for this conversation. Number one, The most successful companies are those that solve an everyday problem in the simplest and most intuitive way possible. Neuroscientist Tali Sharat. And I only drink champagne on two occasions. When I'm in love and when I'm not. Coco Chanel. All right, straight back into it. Another way, well, various ways that you can make the customer journey as easy as possible and to remove friction in their buying process so they can give you their money. One is to optimize for mobile. I believe that this has been taken care of for the most part these days with all of the uh, like WordPress and all of the other types of uh website building softwares, but I think that you need to go in and triple, triple check all of your pages, your links, and everything like this optimized for mobile. I believe the statistic is that 80% or more of anyone looking at your website for the first time comes in on it through mobile. So just make sure that you make that beautiful. Um, One example that I've talked about on a previous episode was When you know your audience, like who is your audience, for example, let's say, um, let's say you have an audience and they are more masculine, therefore maybe they have larger hands, seriously, and you need to make sure that the buttons that they're going to hit, your calls to action on your website are spaced far enough apart where if that is your ideal customer, they're able to click on something without accidentally clicking on something else because that is very frustrating for people. So just like we talked about having three people go in and purchase from you and you pay them back, go ahead and have some friends or family or whoever use your website on both desktop, mobile, tablet to make sure, and you need to watch them, to make sure that it's easy to navigate and your your entire site is optimized for mobile, okay? Here, we're also going to make sure we provide a clear value proposition. 
clearly communicate the unique value proposition of your service, explaining what sets it apart from the competition and how it can help solve the customer's problem, similar to one we talked about before. But for this, the example is to focus on the benefits, not the features. Instead of listing the features of your product or service, focus on the benefits and how will your product or service improve the lives of your customers. So again, we're removing the friction. We're removing where if imagine someone coming to your site and they, after they read your sales copy, they have to think about if they need what you're offering. We don't want them to think. We want them to take an action, right? So when you are designing the different flow of how you want your customers to come into your brand initially, they read or look at or watch whatever you have produced in, in terms of content and then take an action. So just solve all their problems for them and talk about the benefits, okay? You can also offer a money-back guarantee. So by offering the money-back guarantee or a, maybe a free trial period, to ease any concerns a potential customer may have about trying your service. I sign up for free trials all day long <laughs> because this can build trust and increase conversions. So a very popular one is the seven day or 14 day. If you have a something even larger, you can go as far as 30, but that's that's kind of pushing it. So offer that money back guarantee so that they're not so scared to purchase from you. So you go, okay, Here's a seven-day free trial, you know, and I don't even need your credit card if you want to go that route, but it gives people a taste and a sample of your product, mostly service-based, but it can return beautiful amounts of people back to you because I'm sure in there, then you have a email funnel, right? Reminding them that their trial is almost up and just make it super easy for them to then switch from that free plan to that paid plan. And same thing, please test that out. An interesting one would be to use retargeting ads. So if you are advertising, and again, we're taking the thought out of uh, your customer journey. So if someone comes to your website and goes, you know, maybe this is really great. Um, I'm just not ready to purchase yet. Or this is really great, but, you know, maybe you are running late for soccer practice, or you have to head to the airport, right? So maybe it's not that they didn't want that product. It's just that they were scrolling through the interwebs and your information caught their eye, but they actually just, they didn't plan on buying something right then. They've got to go. So if you use a retargeting ad, you remind people who have visited your website about your service and encourage them to complete that purchase. This can also help reduce shopping cart abandonment and, of course, increase conversions. Now, here is a good, they're all good, but here's a good one. So you need to provide social proof, and this is for a variety of reasons. Using social proof, such as customer reviews, ratings, testimonials, case studies, or endorsements from industry experts, influencers, and of course, your actual customers will help build that trust and credibility with potential customers a thousand times faster, right? If you think of how you shop, 
If you go to two similar websites, which one are you probably going to buy over the other? For me, every single time, it's the one with great customer reviews. This can help to overcome any objections that they might have and make it easier for them to make a purchasing decision, which is the whole point of press for champagne. When someone is considering purchasing a service from a new company, they're often looking for reassurance that they're making the right choice. And why is that, you ask? It's because seeing positive reviews from other customers can make someone more likely to buy from you because of confirmation bias. So this is when this is because people have a natural tendency to seek out information that confirms their existing beliefs or attitudes. When someone is considering purchasing a service, they may already have a positive or negative view of that company. Positive testimonials and reviews can serve to confirm that positive view and negative feedback can prompt them to look at other options, right? They're going to go to the competitor's website. Providing social proof also reduces risk because making a purchase from a new company can feel risky, particularly if the person has no previous experience with the service. Testimonials and reviews can help to reduce the sense of risk by providing evidence that others have gone before them and already had that positive experience. 0% of people are buying things for a negative experience. It's all positive. Like we're wired to seek out solutions. Like the human brain is wired to stay alive. And in this day and age, if you think you need something to get farther along in life, to do a certain thing, look a certain way, do X, Y, and Z, your brain is going to seek out those opportunities and you're going to try to have that in your life. So by providing all of these awesome testimonials, people are going to be like, oh, Holy moly, everyone, everyone's buying it, right? So make sure you have social proof as many places as possible. I also want you to consider removing, yes, as a marketer, it only hurts my soul to say this a little bit, but removing those fucking annoying pop-up banner ads for the love of all things. I can't stand them. If I come to your website and I've been there for 0.1 second and I'm getting a pop-up banner to insert my name, you know, my, all of my information for like 10% off, I'm, I'm almost tempted to leave your website in total. This is because it's annoying. If I'm a first time customer to your site, I don't know anything about you yet. And I'm 0% going to give you my email address. Uh, so, right? I don't, I don't know you yet. I haven't. It's part of my journey. It's part of your journey. It's part of your customer's journey. Please don't annoy them and try to sell, 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 or take from them as soon as they get to your site. I'm okay with having a pop-up banner happen if I'm on your site. So average time on someone's website is like three minutes, right? It's nothing crazy. So at that like minute mark, two minute mark, if you want to put a pop-up banner for a a discount code, that's okay. Or if you want to put one up to give me a free download in exchange for my email address, I'll give that a maybe. 
But the second I arrive to your website and it's just bombarded with not only ads, but then like um, for your own product, but you've then put ads in there for Google or another completely random um, thing. I've seen on a lot of websites recently at the bottom, like very realistic looking um, silhouettes of fast food restaurants pop up. I'm like, First of all, I don't eat fast food, so I'm not your target audience. But like I didn't come to your website to be fed ads on fast food. That's bizarre. So just please. I know we're all trying to make that money, honey, so we can afford that champagne in Monte Carlo. But (laughs) I'm on a rant now. Just please consider minimizing how much you use pop-up banners. A positive one would be to use templates for your top common questions. Such as, hey, this is like a FAQ section almost. So you can you can do two things with this. So by using templates for things such as price, uh, price sheets, proposals, contracts, invoices. So things that come up in your business all the time. The reality is, is people want them as fast as possible. So if you are working with a client, let's say you have a service-based business and they go, Great. We loved your website. All these glowing reviews. We we read what you can do for us, the pain points that you can solve. And now we want to book a call with you. Great. We're a good fit. And then it's what comes next. And if you're in a service-based business, what comes next is, okay, you need to now write a proposal for them. Those are my least favorite things to write, by the way. <laughs> you have to write that proposal. Essentially, you have to sell them all over again. Then you need to create a contract. And then once that's signed and the work starts, you need to have like an onboarding kit and then eventually an invoice comes and then at tax time, there's more information. So it's just the things that you know are going to come up in your business because that's how you're making, that's how you're making their journey, their sale. You can use templates for those. So you do them once and you just, insert the new person's information, done. You don't need to start from scratch. I'm a huge proponent of templates. I've talked about this many a times. So I said two things. Along with that, you could do an FAQ section on your website. So it's similar. It's the things that you know are going to come up in conversation that are asked, well, all the time. Frequently asked questions, eh? So let's say you have five to 10 frequently asked questions because you have done your research, you've had people go in and purchase your product and get the feedback. And what you're doing is you're reducing the friction because you're showing them that, hey, this isn't so scary. Other people have these questions as well. And here's the answer. And don't be afraid to make them funny if that's part of your brand voice and tone. I always love the FAQ sections that are a little bit cheeky. It is so good. And it's also going to show, again, that you've paid attention to what's going on. You're not afraid to put out the answer. That's another big thing. When people are hiding things on their website and you're like, I just want to ask a question. How, How can I ask a question, right? You've already just taken out that, the whole process for them. There's no friction anymore. It's just positive momentum for them. And with that, making it easy for them to contact you. I think I said it before, but just have your contact page. I would encourage you to have a um, 
a comment box where they can, you know, submit a comment or a question. And if you're comfortable with it, because a lot of people are not comfortable typing their message into a box because they don't know where it's going to go, right? They don't think it's it's going to go to a human. They don't think that it's going to actually get answered. They don't know where they're actually sending it. So if you're comfortable with it, I would also include your business email on there as well. On Gigging for Gold, I have a box and then I say, if you prefer to email me directly, it's hello at giggingforgold.com. And I'd say... Nine times out of 10, someone sends me the email directly instead of the comment backs. So what I'm doing is I'm making it super easy for them to get a hold of me, but I'm giving them options because I understand, because I care about them, that they might not feel comfortable emailing me one way versus the other. We only have two left. So another one is to make your e-newsletter very simple to sign up for. I know it's the same thing. We've we've all gone to websites and we're like, you know what? I'll sign up for their newsletter. But then it goes first name, middle initial, last name, email address, zip code, phone number. I will not, I repeat, not enter in my phone number to somebody's box. It's just not going to happen. So if you have that on there, just know from me, if I'm your target demographic, I'm not doing that. On mine, I'm fairly certain I just have it super easy to sign up for. It just requires your email address, right? I don't need all that other information. We can, I can ask you all that later. Maybe I can do a survey later, but it's so easy. And so what it does, it goes, hey, very compelling headline and frequency of my email. And all what, all I need is your email address, like no pressure, right? And then the other thing with that is make unsubscribing very easy. I am dealing with a software company right now. I used to use them. They're trying to get me back. They send an absurd amount of emails to me. I have unsubscribed from their ridiculous e-newsletter probably 15 times now and I'm still not off of their list so here's what's going to happen not only am I going to write to now now I have to take time out of my day because they're very annoying and this is I'm giving you the example so this doesn't happen to you and your business now I have to take time out of my day all the time I've already tried to unsubscribe is now gone right that time no longer exists for me now I have to find their contact form and email them and ask them to unsubscribe me. So now I'm double irritated. I'm frustrated. There's friction. And even though I did enjoy using their service, I will not ever sign up with them again because they now have annoyed me. And you might think this is like a negative type of, you know, thing I'm going off of here with all these annoyances, but that's the whole point. I just want press for champagne. Okay. And last but not least, and this is a triple reminder to check your links on your website. Check them on social, check them on your website, check them in your newsletter and double check them too. It's the worst thing for someone to get someplace and they click on it because again, you did such an amazing job. Your visuals were stunning. The video that you made was on point and they start clicking around because they genuinely want to buy from you because you're so amazing and intriguing and your links don't work. 
And quite honestly, if it's something specialized and they go to your website, they're they're not going to poke around for 20 minutes looking for that section of your website. So every single thing on your website or or a link, their initial place that they come into your brand should be no more than three clicks away. They should be able to buy whatever you are selling on your website in three clicks or less. Ideally two. Here's the thing, buy now button, right? Or learn more, brings them to another page, add to cart. That's it. And then you make checkout very simple. I'm going to leave you today with another quote. In victory, you deserve champagne. In defeat, you need it. Napoleon Bonaparte. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you think this can help a fellow entrepreneur, please share with them. And I will talk to you next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sonia Thorswick, and I am obsessed with increasing your odds of success. I started my own entrepreneurial career in 2012, scaling up from making $0 a year to over $100,000 each and every year. And I firmly and wholeheartedly believe that there are ways for all of us self-employed freelancers to reach six figures and beyond. And I am unapologetically here to show you how to do it so you can make your next best move. If you have an entrepreneur in your life who you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And I'll talk to you next time. Let's go.